Well, today, Baptismal Sunday, that means that the water is ready. We've got two candidates in this service. We've got five in the next, but I'm saying this right now. There might be one or two more in here who might consider that this is your day. Do you know, yesterday in this place, we had 400 plus people in for Rise Dance. Thank you, Lee's old team. Oh, it was better than that. Do you know when I say those words that everyone's welcome, and Ima, uh, sorry, has just shared the thoughts about coming here this morning, all from different journeys. And then she talked about moving that chair in the sunlight. There's something when the sun hits you that things in your emotions can change. Well, the God I know and I'm reminded of this morning is the God that I accepted as an 18-year-old. Do you know, everyone's welcome. Everyone knows me, perhaps in here, who comes to Richard's Cookie. My name's Richard Cook. I'm senior leader here. People find that hard sometimes to say, I can't call you that. I've got to call you Richard. The only time I heard the word Richard was when my mum was telling me off. Richard! But you know, perhaps you're in here just as family and friends watching Vidu. And Jack go through the waters of baptism. And perhaps you're wondering what it's all about. I certainly know as a 17-year-old when I walked into a local church, I didn't have a Scooby-Doo, and that is a word, look it up in the dictionary. Scooby-Doo clue what was going on. There was worship like we just had. There perhaps wasn't the screens at that time. But it was definitely a different time. And a, a moment that I just didn't get. But you know, many times when I share with family, especially at a, a funeral service, I say words to the effect of breathe out. Be yourself. Because this place is where Jesus is. Because everybody is welcome. Nobody's perfect. That's certainly me. And anything's possible in and through him. You know, talking about anything is possible. I'm going to share a few thoughts about Nathan Broadhurst, who's in Zimbabwe at the moment. Nathan is a member of the church here, decided to give up his job, as you do, and go to Zimbabwe. Well, I want to share this because it's important when I talk about people's journey, about what's going on behind the scenes. So he said this to me this week, thanks for the donations and prayers, and more importantly to, for me, it shows the boys that anything is possible. Funny you use that strap line, isn't it? Quite a few have started to dream again, and that's the most important part. Since he arrived in Zimbabwe, he said this, I've seen firsthand the amazing work that the Foundation of Hope do at the Pineal Centre in Bulawayo. It's an orphanage for boys aged between 14 and 17. Boys who actually perhaps have one parent if they're lucky, but most of the time they don't have any parents. But you know what he says? He says, everyone is so joyous and happy with the little they've got. Do you know, that's a sentiment echoed by our daughter, Becca, who's in Tanzania at the moment. She put this on social media. We are all infinitely more blessed than we could ever comprehend. It's funny, when you go out of the circumstances of our world and go somewhere else, how you see how privileged and how well off we are. We're going to hear testimony of that, especially from Vidu, shortly. Nathan went on to say this. The centre is working hard to try to keep people out of the poverty cycle through training, 
skills and a little bit of money that helps to pay school fees. Small things that we take for granted, like running warm water, reliable power, and sources of entertainment, even a TV, which they don't have. Movies and games don't exist due to the limited funding. And when he went out there, he did a little uh, crowdfunding page, Just Giving. You want to go on it after, under, Broad, uh, under Nathan Broadhurst, I perhaps consider giving a few pennies. But he went with an idea of raising £1,000. Well, this morning, that figure stands at £1,245. Yeah. Nathan will share more when he returns. If he returns, that is. Alice? I don't know whether you're in, but no, he will return. But you know, our environment changes. For Nathan and Becky, their way of uh, interacting with us has been through WhatsApp or with me. But you know, when Nathan said those words, and I love this line, quite a few have started dreaming again. And that's the most important part. It shows the boys that anything is possible. Our little goes a long way. You know, church, people are in here, people who are watching on. Sometimes we need to stop and stop with a thankful heart and say, God, you are a good God and you give us great opportunity. You know, as I talk about baptisms now, perhaps there's some in here who've considered it in the past, but now time's gone on. You might feel a bit embarrassed after all people will be watching on. But for whatever reason you've not done it in the past, I want to really challenge you and encourage you. Perhaps today is the moment you seize the moment, you seize the day. And don't worry if you've not brought your cosy or your speedos. We've got proper clothes for you to wear, not those. That means that you can, if you are just sensing that this is the moment that you're going to go through the waters, that we're going to help you to do that. Listen up. Listen Up is a series we've done in the last couple of weeks. If you've got an ear to listen, listen up. You know, back in Jesus' day, 2,000 years ago, and around that time, there was messengers who actually would come forward and in a modern day, or more modern day, 1066, they were town criers. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. Well, in the Greek mythology, Greek forces during the Trojan War, they said that one person had the voice of 50 men. That sounds like me on my job description, because I've got a loud voice. But they would shout out the news that was going on the day. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. Roughly translated, it means hark or to listen. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. In town centres and markets and public meetings, a place all over Britain that it was shared about the plague in our modern, it's the COVID. Victories are far off lands, royal births and deaths, and even executions. Now we just shout about Boris. We're not going to execute him, don't worry. But we have our modern way of receiving information. So baptisms, listen up, church. Why, who and when? Why should I be baptised? It's a great question. Mark 1.9 says this in our word of God. Today, those going through the waters are following the example set by Christ, found in that chapter and in that verse. 
At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the River Jordan. Jesus is my and our role model. He identifies what I'm going through. He identifies the pains, the things that I carry. And he directs my path. And there's part of me that wants to say to you, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's certainly good enough for me. Why? Because the Bible commands it. Peter replied, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, in modern culture, we don't mean like being told to do something, do we? If I said to my dad back in the day, why should I do that? He'd probably hit me around here. So I never said why, I just did it. But modern culture, and young people especially, ask the question, why? Why should I? And whilst I understand that the God I serve isn't a dictator, he's given us free will. A command in the Bible comes with authority. God given us clear instruction to be saved, repent and be baptised. Almost like it's all working in tandem. Be saved, repent and be baptised. Who? Simply every person that believed in Christ and trusted that Jesus Christ's death on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. Even if you've come to that place in your journey, then you're ready to be baptised. What a great thought that is. Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay, listen up. That is available for all of us. Every person here, every person watching on. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 in one day. You know, no matter what our background is and what we've done, what we've said, God will welcome you this moment, this day. That word repent. Have a contrite heart and a sense of forgive me God. I don't know, but it could be people in here haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. As I said, me walking to a church as that young man, I didn't go in there thinking that I was going to bow the knee. But I heard about this Jesus who died a cruel death for me. He took all my shame and all my guilt on his shoulders. And three days later, he rose again that I might have life and have it to the full. You know, the essence of today is this, that our beautiful people are acknowledging God. They're going to share a testimony and a story. I know some of that story that's going to come forward. And it's a story that's still being written. Perhaps they'll acknowledge their failings, their faults. But they're saying, really, I want to put my trust in God. You know, as James and Rick are in the tank, they'll ask three questions, or two questions. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? On the confession of your faith, we now baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, it's a public confession of their faith and their commitment to Jesus Christ. You know that story, you know when I asked you right at the onset of today's meeting or my ministry to say consider where you were and how you came to your faith in Christ 
and your need for God. I often say to people, you don't have to come on a Sunday, but it's good to be mutually encouraged. It's, mu- it's good to stand together through life's ups and downs. You know that sense of we're not perfect? God has this wonderful way of coming alongside us, chastising us at times, but also comforting us and leading us, especially as our mind works overtime as we get a doctor's report or our family are just going through tremendous challenges and we want to resolve it in our own strength. God says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. In Acts again, it says, but when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When? When should we get baptized? During our lives are moments of reckoning, moments that we've got to stand out, moments that are special, moments that we've got to face up to those moments with courage, with a conviction to stand up and stand out. Those moments can come in school. They might come in our workplace or with our family. They might come with us standing and shaking because we don't know whether we can do what we need to do at that moment. It could be as simple as a job interview or even starting a new job, an exam. Today is such a day, our baptismal Sunday for our candidates. A phrase I often use is nail your colours to the mast. Nailing the colours is a practice dating back to the age of sail that expresses a a defiant refusal to surrender and a willingness to fight to the last man. I love my God and I will talk about my God because my God is worthy to be praised. Amen. But let me say this, after saying all that, as a relatively new Christian, you, you know, you like stories, I like stories. I'm 20 years of age and I, Cookie, am asked to share my testimony. But it's not just in any place. I remember the pastor saying to me, would you do it in an open air, in Town Centre, a town just down the road, on the rock, aptly named? It was a shopping thoroughfare where everyone came through. There's only one problem. I'm thinking, whoa, I'm going to stand and share my testimony of what God's done. Open air event, loads of shoppers. Berry FC, when they had a team, were playing at home. It was a beautifully sunny day. The sun was cracking the flags. And my prayers on that day leading up to it weren't answered. I prayed for heavy rain. I prayed for, I prayed that the transport system would break down. You don't say you've not done that before. But the sun was cracking the flags. And the band started to play. The tambourine started to go. I'm thinking, oh no. Amazing grace that I love now, but then I'm thinking, beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) I'm shaking. Loads of people are there. I can see and hear the hecklers, the Bible bashers, just to my left and to my right, as the tambourine kicked up again. I think there was a banjo playing as well, just to make my life complete. (laughs) And I started to share, I went up to the mic, 
and your mind's working overtime. I start to share with conviction about this love of God, that God had sacrificed his life for me. And I had a conviction when I was sharing it. Then I looked to my right, and I saw a group of lads, and I thought, oh no, I know all these lads to my right. They're still, still under the archway of a shop. But more than that, these lads knew me. They knew the shenanigans I got up to with them. I was a ringleader most of the time. And there I am, sharing about God's goodness. How many times in our life do we step up and step out and there seems a spotlight on us? And all the reasons we give that we shouldn't be doing this have come to fruition. But yet we're stood there. Or we're stood in that workplace, on that schoolyard. And we're meeting people and we're sharing our faith. But you know, that's not the end of this story. I finished sharing a prayer and a couple of songs later, the tambourine's still going. I'm stood there thinking and mulling over what I shared. And you know what happens, don't you? One of my mates walks over to me. All right, Cookie, he says. I says, all right, I won't say his name. Just wanted to say that really touched me. And it's what I needed. Explaining he just arrived home from a tour duty of Iraq or Iran, can't remember which. And then IED bomb had gone off and blown up his convoy of vehicles, killing a lot of his fellow soldiers, comrades, and maiming lots of his soldiers as well, his friends, badly injured. You know, church, I learned a valuable lesson on that day. And it was this, do it, do it scared. But you've got to do it. God will give you the strength if you're a Christian. If you're not, you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour today. But if you ask him, don't assume that you know what's going on in the area of where you're sharing the good words of great joy. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors as I look out to the sea of faces in here. But you know what? That Saturday afternoon, I saw the difficulties. I heard the tambourine. I sang Amazing Grace. I nearly allowed the crowd to take away the joy that God had given me, but I didn't. You know, baptism is a kind of rebirth. The old has gone, and we welcome in the new. Do you know, talking about a story, we're going to have a, a bit of a intermission here where Anna and Vicky are going to come up. And Vicky was baptised, I think, was it last time we did baptisms? Yeah. Vicky's going to come and share, and Anna, you're going to, uh, Anna, you're going to interview. Let's welcome Vicky up. Good morning. So this is Vicky. Uh, Vicky, come a bit nearer, Vicky. <laughs> She's a bit nervous. So smile, big smiles to Vicky. But you know what? That was a really good challenge there. It just reminded me of when uh, Matt put something on Facebook a while ago and he put, I'm coming out. And he said, I'm coming out as a Christian. And it really, and he put a bit about his story, uh, about his story um, on, his, on his Facebook page. And he's a policeman. And it was a really brave thing to do. And it just really reminded me when I was at the bank and, you know, we can, it's all right to come in here, isn't it, and chat to our friends and encourage each other about God. But actually, 
do we do that when we're out? Do we do that with our friends? Do our friends even know we're Christians? And that's a real challenge, isn't it? Because it says in the gospel, do not be ashamed of the gospel and Jesus. So, And this is Vicky, who um, has got to know on the Alpha. She's on the Alpha team. Now she's on the Alpha last time. So, Vicky, what was your history of faith? Hi. Um, well, I've been brought up Roman Catholic. Um, my my mum comes back from backgrounds of Roman Catholic um, family. Um, quite strong um, in the faith when you know we was young. Um, and my dad was actually Protestant, and he went off to some monastery somewhere and became Catholic for my mum so that they could get married in the Catholic Church. So um, my sort of faith of you know with God has never sort of been in question really. Um, I've always, you know, we've always had the faith. We've always sort of believed in, in God. Um, yeah, and you know, we 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 just always sort of had that, had that quite strong faith, really. Brilliant. So <clears throat> there was also another element to your family, wasn't there, with your aunties and things like that? And sort of things changed for you a bit in COVID, which they did for a lot of us, didn't they? You were working from home, you've got a professional job, haven't you? And you were starting to explore um, and starting to question things, weren't you? And just tell us a bit about your, your aunties and your family and other things that were going on. Okay. So growing up, um, we've always, um, the family, they've sort of got an Irish background, so they've, they always like having parties and having a bit of a drink and getting together and having a laugh. Um, but my nana, who's my mum's uh, mum, died quite a young age and very suddenly. Um, and th- there's, there is um, history quite far back of uh, mediums in our family. And um, like I say, my aunties and some of my cousins have been told that they've got, the, you know, as they say, the gift, and as I would say, sort of sixth sense um, about um, spirits being around them um, and, and things like that. Um, and when I remember one particular evening, um, they got together, um, th- three, um, my two aunties and my mum, um, you know, was sort of saying things and, you know, calling on, calling on my nana, um, you know, they weren't sort of doing it as like Ouija board and things like that. It was like, it was basically for comfort, you know, which I think a lot of people um, turn to that sort of thing for. Um, And yeah, things started happening and my cousin was running off down the road and yeah, things things started happening. Yeah, Yeah, so I think it seems quite an innocent thing to do, isn't it? When, you know, a lot of people go to for comfort, don't they, to visit mediums, things like that, when somebody dies. So, and you started to explore yourself, didn't you? During COVID, you were searching around, weren't you? And you were going through a bad time. And so just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm sort of seeing these sort of things. It's always sort of fascinated me. And, and I've been told I've sort of very spiritual myself and, you know, got um, sort of quite good intuition and all this sort of thing. And, and I, I have been to a few mediums and things myself. Um, and I started um, through COVID, as you say, I was going through separation at the time, um, which I was a bit of a low ebb, and I started being drawn to doing tarot. Um, so I was put in touch with a gentleman that did both sides, the tarot and mediumship. So I was actually doing both at one point. Yeah. Um, and then when COVID let up a bit, um, I was starting doing um, spiritual circles through mediumship, um, I was sort of told, um, apparently, <laughs> that um, I, w- I was going to do everything. I was going to be a healer, 
I was uh, I was an earth angel, um, and I was going to be doing mediumship, tarot, everything. Yeah, it's quite a subtle journey, wasn't it? That sort of like a bit of a deception, a sort of before you knew it, you were in quite deep, weren't you? So what sort of changed? Because um, I know you went away on a weekend and um, and just things started to change and you started to get a bit confused about what was going on and, and obviously that led you to the Alpha course, didn't it? So just tell us a little bit about that journey, just briefly about that and how you got, got on the Alpha course, really. Yep. Um, well, as I said, we was, was in quite deep, um, with it all and it, it was the, the only thing I work and describe it is that God was knocking on the door and he wanted to save me um, and that's exactly what happened and, you know and within you know I have not got time to go into everything now because it was quite quite a long journey but um, I decided it was only a very soft knock very very soft um, but I decided to listen um, and it's sort of one thing sort of burst that bubble um, and then things unraveled very very quickly um, and it was actually through scripture um, the the first thing that um, you know I had that that moment that realization um, very difficult realization I sort of know you know growing up and thinking you know you believe in one thing or you think that all this is you know one thing, because what I actually did start business doing the tarot, yeah. and I actually had all my crystals on one side, and I had my uh, rosary beads on the other, and that's how deceived I was. Yeah, because yeah. you went on a weekend away, and things started to get a bit dark and scary, didn't it? And you started to think, actually, this isn't this is a bit scary and this is a bit dark and actually made you start exploring and, and looking into actually what it says in the word of God about, about faith, didn't it? So what made you come on the Alpha course? What happened with that? And, and sort of how did you find out about sort of the truth, the truth that you know now? Um, it, it was, uh, my friend actually, she was talking about um, certain scripture to do with the Adam, Adam and Eve. Um, and I related that back to this deception of um, some knowledge that I gained through doing the tarot which I felt very uneasy with. Um, and I felt like I'd picked that fruit, you know, um, and, and that was a sin that I, and it made me feel really uneasy. So I didn't like the feeling. And then um, I start, started looking into um, the word, um, you know, God's truth um, a lot more and um, realized growing up being Roman Catholic, that I didn't actually know the Bible at all. And that it actually does tell you in there God's, God's truth in here and it tells you you know do not go and see these people you know it's it's all deception it's all done through the enemy and and and, and that's how you know the enemy gets through um and, and and it's it's just all deception and smoke and mirrors and lies yeah, so what's been really interesting getting to know um, Vicky is, you know, this is so, especially with our young people and, you know, horoscopes and, um, and going to these parties where these things go on can seem very innocent, can't it? And, and it says, you know, that the, the devil is a deceiver, he's a liar. And actually what's been amazing watching Vicky's journey is seeing that the sort of the the mist go from her eyes and seeing her sort of get to know the truth and seeing her being set free and the joy that's bought. And now you carry this Bible in your bag, don't you? So, um, but, you know, it's, in, you know, some of us have been brought up, haven't we, in Christian homes, and but we don't know the truth because we don't read the truth. We don't see it. So you came on the Alpha, didn't you? And then what happened on the Alpha? Yeah, um, well, I met, hopefully, J 
James and Zena, um, which, you know, we had, um, me and my friend, it, was, it wasn't just me, it was a friend that I was doing it with, um, and, um, you know, it was her that sort of said she knew about this, about here, and, and about the Alpha, because I'd never heard of it. Um, and then we had lots of questions, we were still very confused, um, you know, we didn't really know what to, what to think, and all the questions were going round, so the next, very next week, we came on the Alpha, um, where James, you know, gave me um, a, another uh, set of scriptures, you know, um, things that was in there to read. Um, and now I'm doing the um, the year in the Bible. I'm listening to that, um, and things are making so much more sense now because you know you actually know what's what's in there, you know, in in a sort of order rather than just knowing little bits. Yeah. And obviously you went to Holy Spirit Day, didn't you, on the Alpha last time, and you feel like you were filled with the Holy Spirit and set free from that, and, and sort of like, I loved it when Vicky shared, she shared the other week at our Holy Spirit Day, or was it, no, it was about the week, uh, one of the weeks at Alpha, and she shared that, you know, she knows the truth, and the truth will set you free, because I think things like this can hold us in bondage, can't they, and, um, you know, and it can just be so subtle, these things creeping into our lives, can't it, so, um, and then last time you got spontaneously baptised, so what happened there? <laughs> um, it had been mentioned at the Alpha towards the end, um, and I had been thinking about it, but I was a little bit uneasy, felt uneasy about it because um, I'd been brought up Roman Catholic, I'd been baptised when I was a baby, I'd been confirmed, um, and all that sort of thing. Um, but going, going through the journey um, and going through what we'd gone through, I just sat here in the morning and I just went, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I just felt like it was, like you said, the rebirth, um, starting again my relationship with God, which I always thought that I had, but this time it was in truth. Brilliant. What an amazing testimony. So there is that availability, like Richard said, to get spontaneously baptised today. You know, no pressure, but um, that is available to you as well. So I'll hand back to Richard. Do you know stories and people's testimony? You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, what is the meaning of baptism? It illustrates Christ's death, burial and resurrection. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. He died for me. It doesn't get more personal than that. He died for you, Vicky. Do you know, when I read scripture out, it is alive. It is the truth. Colossians 2, 12. For when you were baptised, you were buried with Christ. And in baptism, you were raised with Christ. A powerful, powerful image. And it illustrates my new life. Why be baptised by immersion? The word baptised mean this, to immerse in water. Because Jesus was baptised this way, every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. Simply put, every person that believed in Christ and trusted that Jesus Christ's death on the cross for the forgiveness of their sin can be baptised. When? That's a great question, when? I really want to reinforce that those individuals who've not done it and you might feel the time has gone. Now is the time. 
We're going to go into a worship song. I'm going to pray. We're going to get ready to, ready to baptise Vidu and Jack. They're going to share their own story. But I'd encourage you, do it. Do it shaking if you've got to, but we'll stand with you. We put a lot of barriers up. Oh, my family's not here. My friends are not here. This is an individual decision between you and God. Do it with tambourines playing. Do it with the old hymns in the background. But do it. Let me pray. God, I thank you that you took me on a journey. And you know me. You know us. You know the moment we put our head on the pillar of a night. You know what goes on during that night and our failing sleep and what captivates our mind and what we've got to face each moment of each day. We thank you, God, that you showed us the way. I thank you, God, that you made a way for me to go into eternity with you. And I pray by your spirit, that simply means you yourself, God, in this place would move afresh on us. For perhaps like Vicky, you might have a background that's been confusing or very rigid or very lacking the sense of love and compassion. And I pray that this moment, the truth will invade your soul. It would invade your mind. God, you can do what I can't do. I'm a mere mortal, but you are God. You are the way, the truth and the life. As I say those words, God intercedes those words and moves afresh. For Nathan in Zimbabwe, for Becky in Tanzania, and everyone in between, God, you're omnipotent. You're everywhere all at the same time. The bigness of you, God, is the, is the smallness of us, and we think, how can that be? But that's the way it is. God, we settle our minds once more. We breathe out and we say, minister in the only way that you can minister. And all God's people said, amen. We're going to have a worship song and then we're going to go into baptisms. Thank you.